Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Nature City Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Perdelli, and I'm also the co-founder and CEO of Nature City. Over 20 years ago, my wife Beth and I started Nature City together, and it's been our, our honor to uh, serve about a half a million customers in the U.S. since that time by giving them the best supplements we can make. Today's episode, we're going to talk about vitamin K2 and vitamin D3 and why they're better together. You know, growing up, we had R2-D2. As adults, we need K2 and D3 to be our focus because they're very important vitamins that are hard to get enough of without supplementation. So it's three things, just to kick it off, that K2 and vitamin D have in common. One, they're both fat-soluble vitamins. So we want to take them after meals when our body's in digestion mode and can you know help uh, absorb the vitamins most optimally. Two, as mentioned, they're hard enough to get from diet alone. K2 in particular is really difficult with the foods we eat here, and we'll cover that a little more in a moment. And as you may know, our main source of vitamin D comes from exposure to sunlight. And even here in South Florida, where we're lucky to have a lot of sunlight, it's still difficult to maintain vitamin D levels where we want them to be. And third, each one of these vitamins is very powerful on its own, but new research, uh, I should say emerging research over the last you know, 10, 15 years is showing they really work together in the body in a couple of key ways, which is why we want to make sure our body has both of them available at all times. Now, this doesn't mean they need to be in the same supplement necessarily. So there's no magic about having, you know, vitamin K2 and vitamin D3 in the same product, but often it's most convenient, right? Especially again, since they're fat soluble and you want to take them after meals, it makes sense to have them in the same product, which is why last year we came out with our True K2 D3 supplement, uh, which has proven to be a very popular item. So one of the questions we get before we get into some of the examples of how these two vitamins work together is, well, how much vitamin D should I be taking? And it's a little bit of a, you know, it's a little bit of a question that um, can best be answered in conjunction with your doctor. You know, vitamin, vitamin D levels in the body are pretty standard on every blood test. You know, I could tell you um, about six years ago, um, you know, my vitamin D levels, which are usually me measured in uh, nanograms per milliliter on your uh, blood test, and the normal range is like a huge range, right? It goes from 30 to 100 typically. Well, you know, my um, about six, seven years ago, my vitamin D levels were kind of the low end of that range, in the low 30s, and I was kind of taking basically about 1,000 IU of vitamin D at the time. And um, fortunately, my doctor, like me, kind of keeps up in a lot of the science of nutrition. And we both set a target that, you know, I should be at least 50 as measured by, you know, my blood work. So to do that, I really had to increase my intake of vitamin, vitamin D3 specifically because it's the best form of vitamin D to help raise those uh, blood serum levels of vitamin D. So we really had to go from about 1,000 IU to about 5,000 IU. And that really helped me achieve the target of getting to getting my uh, vitamin D levels up to 50. Again, this is something uh, you should really 
speak to with your physician to figure out what the best um, plan is for you. But certainly um, the low end of that normal range uh, research, as we find, we've learned so much about vitamin D in the last you know 20 years, right? It was always associated with bone health principally, um, but it's pretty much plays an important role in almost every major function in the body. So we probably, uh, we, you know, researchers have found that, you know, really higher levels in our blood are probably most optimal for good health. So, you know, um, most people know vitamin D is a pretty popular supplement, but why vitamin K2? Well, for starters, well, let's just distinguish between vitamin K1 and vitamin K2, right? Um, because they are different. Uh, vitamin K1, which is much easier to get from diet, right? If you eat leafy vegetables and greens, um, you're probably getting adequate vitamin K1. And vitamin K1's principal um, purpose in the body, or at least the main one it's known for, is helping with healthy blood clotting, right? Um, it's, you know, and it's very different, um, very different roles than what vitamin K2 um plays in the body, and we're still learning a lot about vitamin K2. It's most known for helping with, with bone health and artery health, cardiovascular health, immune health, and we're learning much more. I mean, there's a lot more uh, of the story to tell when it comes to vitamin K2, but really, really a challenge to get adequate vitamin K2 from your diet alone. Um, you know, significant amounts of vitamin K2 are really only kind of found in fermented foods. Um, the most notable one is a Japanese uh, fermented soybean dish called natto. I've never personally tried natto, but from what I understand, it doesn't taste that good. Um, and, you know, it's probably never going to become a staple of diets here in the United States. Um, I do like um, you know, another decent source of K2, not great, but does provide some, is another fermented um, uh, vegetable, fermented cabbage called kimchi, right? Korean dish called kimchi. like that very much. Doesn't get provide nearly as much uh, K2 as natto, but certainly um, gives you some. But even that is not a big part of our diets day to day. Um, the real kind of things which contain some vitamin K2 that we eat, you know, is maybe fermented cheese, uh, egg yolks, and, um, you know, even yogurt or some dairy products. But the challenge is to get what's recommended for adults right now in terms of the uh, best, the right amount of vitamin K2 to get daily, which is about 180 micrograms. Well, to get that, you really would have to eat like almost a pound of fermented cheese, which I guess could be fun, but probably not the greatest thing for your health, especially not daily. Um, you'd have to eat almost like 32 egg yolks to get 180 micrograms of, of K2 and probably gallons of yogurt. So not going to happen, not practical, not realistic. That's why, um, along with vitamin D, we need a vitamin K2 supplement. Now, one important thing before we move on, if you're going to take a vitamin K2 supplement and you're taking a blood thinner like Coumadin, you definitely need to um, talk to your doctor and come up with a plan to do that um, because, you know, a lot of those blood thinners are called vitamin K antagonists and they kind of try to interfere with the blood clotting um, aspects of, of uh, you know, a vitamin K, specifically vitamin K1. So you definitely, definitely want, before you take in any type of vitamin K supplement, K1 or K2, 
want to make sure your doctor is on board with that. So now let's get into a couple examples of how vitamin K2 and vitamin D work together in the body. We're going to start with bone health. So bone cells produce a protein called osteocalcin. And this protein helps bind calcium to bones. So osteocalcin is very important for maintaining bone health. You know, it's basically the glue or part of the glue that helps bind calcium to bones. So for bone cells to produce osteocalcin, it needs the help of vitamin D. So that's where vitamin D comes into the story. But producing osteocalcin isn't enough. Osteocalcin actually has several roles in the body, but for it to help with bone health, it has to be activated, okay? Technically, this is has to go through a chemical process called carboxylation, but, you know, it's not really, you know, it's, let's not get caught up in that. The main takeaway is osteocalcin is dependent on K, vitamin K2 to get in the active state. And when vitamin K2 activates, um, you know, this osteocalcin protein, you know, it's like turning on your body's bone building light switch, right? If, but if adequate vitamin D isn't available, that switch stays in the off position. And, you know, essentially the bone building osteocalcin remains asleep, right? It can't really do its job in helping bind calcium to bone. And as a result, of course, your bone health can, su- can suffer. So for bone health, you need vitamin D to produce osteocalcin and vitamin K2 to activate it. And this is, you know, just one great example of how vitamin D and, and, and vitamin K2 work together in the body. So you may be thinking, okay, well, this sounds great in theory, but has the research shown that, you know, adding K2 to vitamin D can really produce a better result? Well, recently there was a study published that actually uh, addressed this question. It basically analyzed all the research available to date. It was published in a journal called Food and Function in 2020. And they concluded that the the vitamin D, vitamin K2 combination was better for promoting bone density than vitamin D alone. Okay. So again, uh, it's great that we also have some validation on, you know, the published research front that taking these two better is superior when it comes to bone health. So a second example um, on how vitamin K2 and vitamin D work together is with respect to cardiovascular and artery health, right? You know, as you may know, one key to heart and cardiovascular health is to minimize calcium buildup in arteries and blood vessels. And here, vitamin D and K2 play an important role. Sort of similar to how it works in bone health, um, same principles. So vitamin D helps create a protein. In this case, it's called matrix GLA protein, MGP for short, which helps ensure calcium isn't deposited in arteries and soft tissues. Now, this MGP is one of the most potent inhibitors of vascular calcification in the body that we know about. That's naturally what it's there to do. So like in bone health, vitamin K2 is needed also. And like in bone health, it's needed to activate this MGP protein so it can spring into action and help 
you know, help inhibit um, calcium, help stop calcium from, you know, from, from being deposited where we don't want it, which is in arteries and blood vessels, and instead direct it to where we do need it, which is in your bones. So again, um, great theory, but what has the research said? You know, there's not, there's plenty of research showing, um, and this is, goes, this is actually true for bone health and for cardiovascular health. You know, there's plenty of, of research showing that both vitamin K2 and vitamin D uh, on their own work well um, for health, for bone health and, and cardiovascular health. When it comes to um, this, the heart health aspects we're talking about, not as much yet research available um, showing combining K2 and D3. There was really one good study from 2013 that compared the combination of vitamin D and vitamin K2 to um, vitamin D on its own. And it showed that over nine months, this combination provides superior protection for protecting blood vessels and arteries from calcification, which again is what we want. So with the help of both vitamin D and K2, calcium ends up where it belongs, in bones and not arteries. And this, probably, this isn't the end of the story. Um, there's many other areas where researchers are looking at how K2 and vitamin D may work together in the body and help promote good health. Um, immune health is another area which is getting a lot of research focus. And I imagine over the ten, next 10, 20 years, we're going to learn a lot more about how these two great vitamins work together. You know, as mentioned, um, we create a supplement with both vitamin K2 and vitamin D3. It's called True K2 D3. And one of the features of this supplement is it's completely vegan. It's, um, you know, if you're familiar with vitamin D3, you'll know most supplements, it's made from um, the vitamin D3 is derived from the, um, excuse me, the oil of sheep's wool called linalin. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, if you um, rather get your vitamin D from algae, either because you pursue vegetarian or, or vegan um, lifestyles, don't like to use animal sourced ingredients, um, you know, we have, you know, we, we address that in true K2 D3 by having vitamin K2, which is derived from chickpeas. I know some people um, don't like to use soy ingredients, so um, our vitamin K2 is soy-free. It's made from chickpeas. And then our vitamin D3 is from algae, not from the oil of sheep's wool. So it's a completely um, vegan and vegetarian-friendly product, as well as being a very potent. Um, each capsule, we recommend two capsules of true K2 D3 daily. Each capsule gives you 90 micrograms of vitamin K2. So if you take two, you get to that 180 microgram um, target that we discussed earlier. And each capsule has about 2,500 IU of vitamin D3. Um, so again, if you take two, you'll get 5,000 IU of vitamin D3 daily from this supplement. Now, I just re remembered something. Um, as you may know, the FDA is, phased, is phasing out or really has phased out the use of IU or international units for vitamins. So whereas we used to talk about 1,000 IU, it's really now quoted for vitamin D, it's really 
micrograms. So 1,000 IUs is equal to 25 micrograms. So if you're more familiar with that, taking your two servings of vitamin of 2K2D3, taking two capsules a day will give you 125 micrograms, which is equivalent to the old 5,000 IU daily. So that's it for this week's episode. Hopefully it was helpful. You can subscribe, if you like, to our YouTube channel to see future episodes. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite streaming services. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many others. So thank you again for listening. This is Carl Pradelli, and I will see you next week.